Thanks for listening to the weekly Overflow Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Jesse Cup. For more information, visit overflowindy.com or visit us on Facebook at Overflow Indy. Jessica and I went to Reading, and we, we spent a week at Bethel Church. You know, that's where, that's where we're from. And boy, was it a good trip. Did you have a good time? Yeah, she's going to share some stuff here in a little bit. Um, but but I, wanted, I wanted just to dedicate this morning, to our portion of this morning, to sharing with you some of our experience, not just to tell story, but because we're bringing impartation. All right? So you guys ready? Yes. Are you guys ready? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. Because I, I'm going to work you this morning <laughs> to get your faith ready. Because I, I don't want you to wait till later to try to get yourself ready. Like, we're, we're going to start off ready, okay? Um, but as we share stories and, th- and words and stuff, like, I want you guys just with your spirit, I want you to just start receiving, all right? Anything that I say that just feels good to you, by faith, just receive it in. Let it just become yours because we didn't go there just for ourselves. We went there representing Overflow Church and the movement and just things that God's promising and planning. And uh, so when we, every time we were getting wrecked in God's presence, we're doing it for us first, but also on behalf of you guys too. So we're ready to unleash it today. It, I'm telling you, I'm not joking. Like, we got upgrades in the spirit. I, I'm ready for this. I hope you are. Uh, I want to tell you a few of our experiences that happened. Um, one, we got wrecked often. That's good. That's a good thing. When I say wrecked, when I say wrecked, what I mean by that is God's manifested presence coming on us so strong that you just, you, you either got to leave or, or let it happen. Because, <laughs> and, and when it happens, like, sometimes the body collapses. At least mine did. Not everybody's. But, but like, when God, like, when, when God comes on you strong, if you leave that experience unchanged, you missed an opportunity. You know what I'm saying? When his presence comes, like he wants to bless us. I, I think that a lot of times people ha- are, are too focused on how to, how to just contain themselves normal. And how many of you guys know that God's not looking for normal? Okay. What he's looking for is people who will receive as much as he's bringing. And sometimes when you want to receive what he's bringing, you got to let go of something. All right, and a lot of times what we got to let go of is our dignity. <laughs> a lot of times what we got to let go of is our fear of what somebody else is going to think about me. All right, and, and so a lot of times we got to let go of religious thinking. And like, I want to tell you, like, when Jesus showed up, it, he changed the atmosphere everywhere he went, he changed the atmosphere. The Holy Spirit was flowing off of Jesus. All the time, right? Everywhere he went, the atmosphere is shifting, and people like it, it shifted the atmosphere so much 
that he wasn't even looking for demons and they would start manifesting in people because they knew something was different in the environment right now. The Son of God just showed up, all right? But, but when, when the Holy Spirit, when Jesus shows up, um, there are, the, like, we get an opportunity to say, Lord, I want you more than what my normal is. I want you to come and change me. And so, like, the, the more you can let go of holding on to the normal to, to receive God, the more you're inviting him to come and do something that you weren't experiencing before. You guys, you guys following what I'm saying? How many of you guys want more of God? Do you want, enough, you want God, you want more of God enough to let go of something? Do you want to let go, or you want God enough to let go even of your dignity? Because, <laughs> like, I, I just, I'm thinking about that time when, when David, they, they rescued the Ark of the Covenant, and they're marching it back home from the Philistines. Actually, it wasn't the Philistines at that point. It was, I think, a, that one dude's house, the farmer. <laughs> was it Obedidim, I think? I'm a, I don't know. That, I, was, I didn't come prepared to talk about that. But they, they were marching it in, and every few steps they'd stop. They'd kneel down, and they would sacrifice a bull. And then they'd march it more. They'd stop. And they'd sacrifice a bull, and they did it all the way back to the city, to Jerusalem. And, but David, uh, some people think he was naked. He wasn't, so don't, don't do that. All right? But he was dancing. It does say that he, that he took his garments off, but I promise you he was wearing something. Some people misquote that. He was wear, but he was wearing the, the inner lining of, of the outfit, and it was kind of, it'd probably be similar like a nightgown type thing or something. But he, he was wearing, I promise you, okay, some people want that to be an excuse to do things you're not allowed to do here, all right? But he was dancing with all of his might, and he was worshiping Jesus. He, he, he knew that, that when they had the Ark of the Covenant, that the Shekinah glory of God was right there next to him. The Shekinah glory of God, like when you get the presence and the glory of God near you, like you get an opportunity to decide, do I want to try to stay the same, which means you're probably going to have to leave, or am I going to press in and let go of all things? Okay? And so he danced so much that his wife was disgusted by looking at him. And he said, do you think this is bothering you? I'm, I'm, I'm going to become even more undignified than this. <laughs> I have no idea what he meant by that. M maybe he did take it. Oh, no, I'm just joking. I don't know. I'm just joking. But my, my point is, like, when God shows up, like, we got to let go. we got to let go of the, the normal. we got to let go of our fear of what other people think. i got to let go even, and this is a bigger one, a fear of the unknown about what God might do. Like God, like here, here's a question for, like I think everybody probably has some threshold with God experiences. Like it's different for different people, but like where, where's your threshold that you're, you're able to receive it? And, and then you're like, I don't know if I can handle any more, Lord. Like do you want to restrict God from the more because of your fear? Or do you want to let it go and say, Lord, I don't know what's going to happen, 
<laughs> but I'm going to let it go. I trust you because I know you're good no matter what. And dive in. What if? You guys, you guys follow me? I, I mean, one of, one of Bill Johnson's favorite testimonies that he often shares is because he, he, he's prayed for revival for decades before he actually saw it happen. But there's this one time when he woke up in the middle of the night and the presence of God came on him so strong that he felt the, the anointing of the Holy Spirit vibrating all over him. He felt electricity shooting through his body and his body started going numb and he, and he got, excuse me, it was like he got paralyzed in the glory of God. And, and he, I think he was shaking and stuff, but as he was laying there, and it happened for hours, he was laying there and he, and he, he knew in his mind, he said, he knew, I can either choose to receive more and I don't know what it's going to do to me, and it can make me look like an absolute fool, or I can just try to go about my way and have my dignity and just keep on doing my ministry. And he's like, God, I choose you over my reputation. You guys hear that? Yeah. Choose you over my reputation. I want you. I want more of you. And I don't care what it looks like to anybody else because he thought if he gets more, it could, it could literally possibly paralyze him, even though God wouldn't do that. But it felt that way in the moment, right? And he was like, if, if it does that, I don't care. I just want more of you. Now, I want to ask you this question. Like, if, if you could physically right now, like the Lord just take his hand, pull you out of this room and take you into the throne room of God, where his, where his throne is, where the Shekinah, I'm talking about the headwaters of the Shekinah glory is, do you think you're going to be able to stand there and just be normal? <laughs> or do you think that you're going to, that the glory is going to be consuming and your body is going to not be able to manage itself like normal? What do you, which way do you think it's going to be? Because when you read the book of Revelation and probably Isaiah and Ezekiel and those different things, there were times when, uh, when John, for example, went into heaven and the glory was so strong that they fell. People fell because the weight of God's glory was so strong, their physical body just couldn't manage it any longer. Okay? Now, I want to just ask you the question because I know that stuff can be scary for some people, but, like, I just want you to ask the question, like, do you care more about your reputation and your composure, or do you want God at all costs? <laughs> at all costs. That's for me. can't speak for you. I can speak for Bill, though, because that night, like, after he said, God, just do it all, he was on that bed like all night long getting zapped. And, and the Lord, like I don't know where that fit in his revival story, but I, I do know that the anointing on his life increased and more miracles happened and more revival came. Come on. So it's like when, when God sees a, a heart that's willing to go all the way with him, he rewards that. Because he's never going to say, give me your all and then... Sorry, you got to be ashamed of it now. No. He's like, give me your all. Thank you. Let me give you my all. Amen? So that was us. 
in Reading this, this past week, like the presence is there, man, it was so strong. And I mean, we like to have fun too. Bethel, Bethel is known for having fun in the presence of God. And so people are going around just laying hands on each other. And then you'll see people lay hands and the presence comes and people are like, whoa. And, and you start like, you start not being able to move right. And sometimes we like to call it getting drunk in the spirit. We don't get drunk on alcohol. That's, that's clear, right? But when the spirit comes, he brings joy and, and he's the new wine. And, and he wants to fully fill us. He wants to fully overwhelm us with his goodness so much that you're, you're just, you're, your composure changes. And guess what? Some of y'all need that. <laughs> I do too. Like, like he's not coming to bring this thing to make us worse. <laughs> when God shows up, he makes things better. Amen? He makes things better. And like the presence of the Lord comes, and you might not see it, but, but if you start feeling it a little bit, you get to decide, am I going to lean in or am I going to pull away? And I want to tell you that he's here right now. And guess what I'm doing? I'm leaning in. And I'm starting to get a little drunk right now in his presence. And I want more. And my question for you is, do you want more? Yeah. Amen. So while we were in Reading, like there's just so many blessings. The presence was just really encountering us a lot. Um, we also, Jessica and I got to, um, we, we got the opportunity to meet with our spiritual leaders out there. Um, and it was a privilege that, that we got to have a private meeting with Bill Johnson and, and just have a father just releasing wisdom on us and, and celebrating victories with us and and then he prayed for us at the end, and we got wrecked again. <laughs> Boy, was that. Oh, man. I thought you were getting ready to tell me something. Yeah, sorry. We got, I, I, the presence of God came on us so strong, and we needed to go somewhere else afterwards. And, but I wasn't going to be able to, so we actually went to the prayer house and laid out on the floor and just soaked it in for an hour. Boy, that was powerful. And then that afternoon, we also got to have a, a meeting with Chris Valatin, and again, a father. We, we got to share with him some of the testimonies of you guys and just what God's been doing here and the miracles and even some of his prophetic words and how God made them come to pass. And he was just blown away. And, and then he got to share some good wisdom with us too, and it was just amazing. And afterwards, he, he told us, because uh, we told him that we got to meet with Bill and he, oh, actually, it was Bill later, wasn't it? I, had a, I got him backwards. But he he'd said that um, that doesn't happen. Like, to be able to meet with Bill and Chris on a trip like that, he said that does not happen. Because they, they have people from all over the world trying to meet with them. But I just want to, I'm telling you this, it's not to, it's not to boast or anything. It's because it's I want you guys to know, like, the Lord has, has really given us favor with Bethel. Like, I want you guys to know that. Not, it's not, again, it's not a boast. Except for you guys, right? I want you guys to know, like, Bethel sees you. <laughs> they see you. And they're celebrating what God's doing here. And they believe in the more for us. Do you guys? Yeah. Amen. We got to meet, meet with Mark Brooks also. He, 
he's the overseer of BSSM first year, so he used to be my boss, and he prophesied some awesome stuff over us, and I'm excited. We'll probably bring him out here one of these days. He's one of the biggest um, joy and power of God releasers <laughs> over there, actually. And we got to meet with some other friends out there. Um, got to meet with our friend Ken Williams, who oversees a ministry. He and another lady pioneered a ministry called Changed. And they're, it's, it's wild what, there's, what they're doing. It's, a, it's becoming a movement that's actually seen even by the government. Um, but they're, they're bringing kingdom transformation to people who are coming out of the LGBTQ community. It's so cool. And they're seeing people get changed. It's in a good, in a good way. They're seeing God move and, and heal and free people and coming into their identity with Christ. So he got to share some good stuff with us. Um, I don't know if you guys see this on the horizon or not, but there's going to be a harvest coming from that community into the kingdom of God. And we better get ready. You guys hear me? We got to get ready for what's coming. Because it's not gonna, it's going to wreck church paradigms. But we got to be ready because God wants to disciple anybody who will turn their face to Jesus. Amen? All right. Um, the, we also got to meet in person some people that we've been meeting online, but, and then more people who are part of the Bethel Leaders Network around the world were there. And, and leaders that are pioneering massive, dynamic, apostolic movements. Like, we got to go hang out with those guys. And, and they, some of them laid hands on us to give us impartations of the breakthroughs and anointings on their life. And, and spoke into us a lot of prophetic words and just, just wisdom and stuff. And God was just giving us some good stuff. Um, we had so many powerful prophetic words spoken over us. I'm going to play one of them for you later. Um, but just a lot of prophetic words that came. Like I, I, on my iPhone, on the voice recorder app, I probably have, between meetings with our leaders and prophecies, I probably have at least three hours <laughs> worth of stuff to listen to for the next 20 years. <laughs> But, but a lot of words that just kept speaking over what, what God has called us here to do and what we're building towards. Um, words about, a, about that we're coming into a season shift, a good, exciting season shift. You guys excited? There, there's, new, there's new grace coming on us for more powerful things and acceleration coming. Come on, acceleration coming and increase coming. And the things are going to be bigger than we think. I mean, if you guys have heard me talk about this stuff, I hope you know I'm thinking pretty big, right? But, but things are the, it's going to be bigger than we think. And all these words were just to give us confirmation and amplification of the prophecies that we've already been building this ministry on. But... But a lot of the prophetic words that have come to us, um, you guys just better get ready. <laughs> Seriously. There's more coming, and it's already shifted in the heavens. I'm excited. <laughs> Good. I'm starting to, I'm also getting drunk. I'll just give you some excitement. 
Awesome. Thank you. And, yeah, but like, the, I mean, we're just, just confirming to us that God's got revival here for overflow and that it's going to overflow into the region. Like, they're, they're saying that. They're still giving us those words. Whew. And some of those people didn't even know what God's said to us yet. Um, but we, all, we come back with more prophetic words, more just wisdom inputs and strategies and stuff that is going to help us with developing things in the, in the seasons ahead uh, as a church and also for us, for Jessica me personally. Um, but it's exciting. Sorry, if I start looking weird, I am not sorry, actually. I want to be more undignified than this. Lord. So, I want to, whoa, thank you, Lord. I I do feel his presence up here. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, I I just want to, I want to just speak to you right now to open your spirits right now and just drink of his presence and let the Holy Spirit come. And for some people, it might be subtle and it might be just peace, but but it could be a whole spectrum of subtle and peace all the way to you're whacked out of your mind. And I feel like I'm, whoa, I'm getting dizzy kind of. Sorry, I'm not trying to be weird, I promise you. Holy Spirit, come. I want to tell you guys a few testimonies. Whew. We, met a, we met a couple named Basil and, uh, and I think it's Connie wife from India, um, and, and they're apostles over there, and they, they have, I think, like six churches that they planted. <laughs> you guys better start opening your spirits up, too, so I'm not the only one looking like this, but they, they, they have like thousands of people in their churches, and they minister in the slums, and... Uh, in, in India, they have the caste system, right? And there's there's the different castes, and so each caste that's the higher one like judges and hates the one below them, all the way down to the bottom. And so these guys are ministering to the bottom caste and the slums, and they go in there, and they and the and the Lord gives them words of knowledge, and people get healed on the spot, and and the Lord uses miracles to show. The, the real Jesus to these people, and they get saved. And, and they have to make a decision. I'm going to get saved knowing that my family's probably going to hate me for the rest of my life. Okay? But they've been seeing God move. And he told us this story of this one person in their church that got saved, and they went, they went to their village and started sharing Jesus with this Hindu man. I think he was a Hindu. He's either a Hindu man or he's an atheist. But... He started telling him about Jesus, and this guy says, why would, I, why would I believe in God if, I've, if my son right here, he pointed down to his kid, if my son right here, if, if, if we can't even afford to give him shoes on his feet, okay? He's like, How could I, why would I believe in God if this is our situation? Right after he said that, they were standing right next to this drainage ditch. There's like a sewage ditch over there. Their sewers are actually ditches that water goes down, okay? And, and sometimes trash will go down and stuff. Right after he said that, um, this guy that Basel knows 
looked down and, they saw, and he saw a, a bag, a plastic bag that, that was tied up. And the Holy Spirit said, open that bag. It's like, ugh. So he goes and he opens the bag. And inside the bag is a brand new, clean pair of sneakers that fit that kid's feet right there. And then that guy was just shocked. How could that have just happened? That's pretty crazy. But they, they just see that kind of stuff a lot. We, we were in a group with this guy named Jamie, who is a pastor up in Maine. And during COVID, when, all, when everybody's saying, shut your churches down, they're like, no, God's moving. And so they kept meeting, no matter what, they just kept meeting. And the Lord, during that season of that time, the, the, God was showing up and people are getting hungry because they're tired of being trapped at home. Their church tripled in size during that time. And, and the, now they're like over 800 people. And during that season, and this was during COVID, somebody came to him and he said, and they said, I want to give you this land and this building I have. And on the other side of the city, and it just happened to come to them right when their church was about to explode and they needed more space and they're able to plan a new church in that new building. Isn't that crazy? And now that church is in revival and they're busting at the seams at 250 people. And that building was worth like a few million dollars, by the way pretty crazy. There's another testimony. Um, I'm excited to watch your faces on this one. This guy from Kenya, <laughs> he shared this testimony in a staff meeting. This guy from Kenya, um, was, he, he was like, he said a few years ago, I was here and someone asked me, and I, it might have been Chris Valentin, but I can't remember who he said. Somebody asked me, is, is masturbation a problem in Kenya with, the, with the young people? And everybody's like, where's he going with this? It's a little awkward, actually. Just like you guys probably just felt awkward right now. I don't care. I did that on purpose. Because check, check, check this out. A few years later, the Holy Spirit reminded him of that question getting asked. And the Lord told him, I want you to go into the local high school and, and I want you to bring, it's like a convocation or whatever they call those things they do in the schools, to, to talk about sexual purity and to bring the gospel. And he did it, and several hundred people got saved that day. And then they kept doing them, and they did, he went to 500 schools in one year, and he said over, I think, was it 400,000 or more than that. Over 500,000 people got saved in those schools. All because somebody asked them if masturbation is a problem. But they got to bring like salvation and sexual purity. I don't know if you guys know, but over there in that culture, like we, we have it bad here, but that's like normal over there. Okay, so that is a radical move of God. And then we got to meet this couple named Benji and Daniela who have been doing... Um, missions. They're from Switzerland, <clears throat> and uh, they were in Thailand for about eight years, I think, and not really bearing a whole lot of fruit um, with as, as much as hard as they were working. And then I think they went to another country for a little bit. But around that time, the king of Thailand died, and the people in Thailand actually worshipped their king. So it was like a demonic principality attached to the king, right? And so, but he died. 
And the, and the whole nation went into mourning that year. But the Lord opened the spirit realm. And these guys partnered with some other people local. And, and God started moving. And people started getting saved. And, and they started doing this discipleship movement and planting churches. And now there's thousands of churches that got planted through this thing. And thousands and thousands of people who got saved. And they're doing this stuff in other nations as well. But they just have this movement going. They've been seeing all kinds of healings and miracles. They've seen several people get raised from the dead. Come on. They've been seeing people who, who were demonized with thousands of demons, like Legion in the Bible, who in, in that culture, instead of putting them in hospitals or whatever, they, they literally chain them to trees. And there's this dude that's like this tall who's full of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> and he, he, he'd get sent to those people or chained to those trees. And he would command those demons to come out. And instantaneously, they're delivered and then they're sound mind. And then they get to go back into society again. It's crazy. Crazy. And these are the people that we got to <laughs> hang out with. It's like, well, that's, a great, that's a great testimony. That's a great We're in a season shift, guys. Um, I'm going to get Jessica up here in a few minutes. You better get ready for her. This one evening, we were driving to Bethel Church, and we're, uh, we got off the highway. And, uh, and so I looked on the dashboard, and I saw 4747. And it stood out to me. And, and I, I felt in my spirit there's something about that number because it was repeated to me. It just felt right in that moment. 47, 47. It was 47 degrees outside, and I was driving 47 miles per hour when I saw that. And I told Jessica, there's 47, 47. I feel like there's something important about that. And she said, also, don't forget, you just had your 47th birthday. And so that's kind of cool, too. And so as we're moving along, like I, I felt like maybe God had something, like a special message for me, maybe in Isaiah 47. It's kind of what I wondered. And so I just kind of held it on, held on to it. And then um, I think it was the next night we were at the church, and we, I came into the back of the sanctuary where the entrance doors are, and the, the Spirit of God was so strong in there. And people are standing at the doors, laying hands on people as they're coming in. And people are just getting, just whacked in his presence. And <laughs> this might sound crazy to you, but somebody brought in a wine barrel that was painted on it with honey. And it's, and it's called the honey pot. <laughs> <laughs> and people were going, whoa, thank you, Lord. There it is. People would like go and they'd stick their heads in, it's just for fun, but sticking their head in a barrel and, and getting wrecked in the presence of God. And I went and I did it. <laughs> and I couldn't even walk away. I fell flat on the floor and the glory was on me and I was just laying there and I was just soaking it in. And the Holy Spirit said, it's not Isaiah 47, it's Ezekiel 47. <laughs> Get ready. Ezekiel 47. <clears throat> oh, Jesus. 
I'm gonna, I, I have to read this to you. This is, a, this is Ezekiel. He had, a, he had these vision encounters. This angel was taking him into trances and visions, and he's showing him things of the kingdom of God. And it, it says, Then he brought me back in the door of the temple, and there was water flowing from under the threshold of the temple toward the east. Now, the temple... It was in Jerusalem, and the, it faces east. I don't know. I think that's east. It faces east, okay? And when you walk in the door, there's an outer court, a real big outer court, and the, and the priest would minister out there every day. And, and then there's this other section once you come in a ways, and it's like another tent inside there, and that's called the inner court. I think I'm saying this right. And, and so then you go through that door, and this is where, like, the special priest would go and administer. And there was the candlestick and the altar and the table of showbread. And then you go deeper in there, and, and that was the special room that only one priest, the high priest, could go in there once per year. And he would have to bring the blood of a, of a heifer in, and, and he'd release that blood in there in the Shekinah glory of God. One time per year. That was the, that's that Ark of the Covenant throne of God where his Shekinah would sit. And, and from that place, this is saying that Ezekiel and the Spirit saw this flowing out from the presence of the Lord was this river. Whoa, this river flowing out east. It's going east out the, out the, the temple. It says, it says, for the front of the temple faced east, and the water was flowing from under the right side of the temple south of the altar, but it's going east. And, and he brought me out by the way of the north gate. So, so he's still inside the, the outer court, like the, the tent is still around him on the outside, but he's not in the inner court. So there's a gate on the north side, and the angel took him out there and then brought him back around to the east, all right? And so... He brought him out to the outer gateway that faces east, and there was water running out on the right side. It's going east. And when the man went out to the east with a line in his hand, so he had a measuring line, he measured 1,000 cubits, which is right about 1,750 feet. Okay? So 1,750 feet. He measures it out, and he brought me through the waters, and the water came to my ankles. So the angel is walking him along the side of this river, 1,750 feet, and when he gets that far out, he steps him in, and the deepest place that water comes up to his ankles. So then he brings him back out, okay? Where am I at? Verse 4. Again, he measured 1,000 cubits, and then he brought me through the waters, so he's, he's further out now, right? And the water came up to my knees, so it's getting deeper, the farther it goes, the deeper it's getting. And then he measured a thousand, and he brought me through. The water came up to my waist, so it's getting deeper and deeper. You guys see that? Ankles, knees, waist. You got it? He goes out a thousand more. Where do you think that's going to hit there? Knee, ankles, knees, waist, chest, right? <laughs> Stop it, Justin. Ankles, <laughs> knees, waist. You would think you would think that the progression is chest, but that's not where it's at this time. 
Verse 5, it says he measured 1,000, and it was a river that I could not cross, for the, the river was too deep a water in which one must swim, a river that could not be crossed. So in the same distance that it went from ankle to knee to waist, and then the same distance out, it did not go the same depth. It actually just increased dramatically more. Whoa! So deep. In over your head. Whew. He said to me, Son of man, have you seen this? Then he brought me and he returned to the bank of the river. I just want you to get this picture that as, the Holy, as this angel is taking me, showing him the river, and that represents the Holy Spirit flowing out of the presence of God. And it says in Revelation 22 that the throne of God is in heaven. And it says the river of living water pours forth out of the throne, out of the throne. It's a river that never stops flowing. It's an infinite, everlasting river that will never run dry and it will never fluctuate in its intensity or power. And so, so he's seeing it, and it's, get, it's increasing. It's going farther, but it's going deeper. It's going farther, and then it's going deeper, and it goes farther, and then it still goes deeper. But guess what? If you think you can figure out the trajectory based on little distance and a little depth, you're wrong because it picks up compound interest. The momentum increases drastically the farther it gets out. You guys hear what I'm saying? And so the, the picture is getting bigger for him. But the angel says, now check this out. So verse 6, son of man, have you seen this? Then he brought me and he returned me to the bank of the river. When I returned there along the bank of river, there were many trees on one side or the other. So it's not just a river. It's feeding vegetation. It's feeding trees. Okay? This water flows toward the eastern region. It goes down into the valley, which is called the Arabah. I think I'm saying that right. Yeah, the Arabah, which is where the... That, so the, in the Jerusalem, you have the Sea of Galilee, and then you have the Jordan River flowing south into the Dead Sea. And the Arabah is right there on the north side of the Dead Sea, right there by the Jordan River. Okay? So this river that's flowing out of the presence of God is going towards the Arabah, the eastern region. It goes down into the valley and it enters into the sea. You guys need to understand, it does not say the Dead Sea here, but that is exactly the sea it's talking about. The Dead Sea. It's so dead that there's nothing living in it. It's got, the more, it's got like several times more salt than the ocean. It's so much salt that it's impossible for any creature to live inside of it, okay? And it's a big, it's a big sea, okay? But this says that this river flows into this dead sea, and when it reaches the sea, its waters are healed. So it's pouring rivers of living water even into the dead sea, and it's bringing life everywhere it goes. It's cleansing the Dead Sea. It's purifying all the salt, thickness of salt out of it. It's cleansing it all out until it heals the whole waters. Wow. I keep losing my spot, though. 
And it shall be that every living thing that moves, wherever the rivers go, will live. So everywhere that this river goes, it brings life where there is death. There will be a very great multitude of fish because these waters go there, for they will be healed, and everything will live wherever the river goes. This river, when it shows up, things get healed. Healing is the natural byproduct of the river of living water. Hallelujah. And, and life comes. And, and it's so powerful that I just want you to imagine that the Dead Sea becomes fresh water. <laughs> That's crazy. Okay? It shall be that fishermen will stand by it. Remember, there's no fish in it now, right? From Engedi to Eglium, which basically is just saying it's a huge area. They will be, they will be, there will be places for spreading their nets. Their fish will be of the same kinds of the fish of the great sea, exceedingly many. All right, so this place that currently is dead, life is coming. God's bringing freshness. And, and there's going to be fish that are going to get caught more than they could handle. I need you guys to hear that because Jesus said you will be fishers of men. Okay? Fishers of men. And so there's going to be this bounty of fish coming into the kingdom of God. And it says along the bank of the river on this side and that will grow all kinds of trees used for food. Their leaves will not wither and their fruit will not fall. They will bear fruit every month because their water flows from the sanctuary. Their fruit will be for food and their leaves for medicine or for healing. So the, I just want you guys to get the prophetic picture because Jesus actually called you the temple of the Holy Spirit. You guys hearing me? Your spirit connects with God in the throne realm. It says in Ephesians 2.6, been seated in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And, the, and Revelation 22 says that the throne is the headwaters of the river of living water. And in Revelation, it also talks about the trees of life being on each side, and there's always fruit, and it brings healing to the nations. Come on. So <clears throat> I'm laying on the floor from that honey pot, and Holy Spirit says, your season you get, you're going into an Ezekiel 47 season, guys. Come on. Yes. Come on. I wanted to play a word for you, but I, I'm seeing the time, and I want to make sure Jessica comes up here. There's this prophetic word that these, these guys, this husband and wife are pastoring a church up in Washington, and, and the Lord told them, just to speak this over us, that, that we're coming into an Ezekiel 47 season. They didn't know. And there's, they start declaring how, you know, it, it feels like it's ankle deep sometimes, but you got to understand that there's more going on than what you feel in the moment, that more's coming. And they started declaring over us that the outpouring's coming, and we're going to start seeing the overflow from overflow. Come on. Yes. I want Jessica to come up here and share a few things, and then we're going we're gonna to close out with a... We're not, we, we often do a fire tunnel, but we're doing a river tunnel today. Awesome. Why don't you guys welcome Jessica? <laughs> Thank you.
Um, I just wanted to share a personal testimony that happened. Um, we're in May. Are we in April? Where are we at? 30th. Okay. Sorry. Orientation of time is not my strength. Yes, it's becoming a strength. I'm having moments of, yep. So uh, let's reverse to, to back to the beginning of this month. Um, I went in for a routine mammogram, and they found two abnormal things. And I knew about one that I discovered in 2010, but this other thing they found, they didn't tell me what it is, but it was it was new and not fun. Um, so I just kind of, you know how you kind of like with your mind, you're like, okay, we don't really know what it is, so don't go there, like in your, in your mind with fear, and you're just like, okay, we're good, you got this. It, that lasted for about a day, and the next day, the enemy, you know how he comes in when you're vulnerable? Have you guys ever noticed that? When vulnerable things ha happen, he takes advantage of those moments. So I reached out to a few people just to, number one, cover me in prayer, and number two, be speaking life. Just Sometimes it's hard um, in those moments when fear comes to really feel grounded and to really hear God's voice because sometimes the enemy can feel so loud with what he's trying to get you to focus on. And so I had people praying for me, and that day it just became so overwhelming with thoughts that were not good, that were not of God. I realized I can either sit here and try to fight these thoughts or I can choose to not listen to them. So then that moment I decided I am not listening to any thought that does not release life in the truth of the Lord. And so um, I called them back because they needed to re-examine that area. They found something to discover what it is. And they wanted me to come while I was in writing. And I told them I'm out of town, so what's your next available? And it was when I get back. And then I was talking to Jesse, and I was like, you know, I think I want to go in before I leave because I don't want to be the whole time thinking about it and just wondering the what-ifs, and they were not able to do that. So um, all of the wonderful things Jesse shared about happened and more, and the next morning we get home, I go in for that test, and it wasn't super fun because um, you're kind of in this moment of, okay, what are we about to find out? Where Where's life about to go? Um, and so they were explaining to me, like, okay, we're going to do this test, but if that doesn't show anything, then we'll do this test, and then we'll let you know what's going on. Well, um, they did the test, and they they were like, we need, couldn't really see what we need to see, so we need to do this other test. So they do the other test, and I'm sitting there waiting for the results, and I, it, like just this fear, you know how sometimes you feel this fear slash anticipation of something that's about to be told to you. Um, I'm just like, Jesus, what is going on? Like, I need you with me right now. And he, sorry if I get emotional. He just said, I'm leaving my peace with you. And in that moment, it was like, no matter what they're about to come through that door with, I have the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. Um, so, the girl comes in and she's like, okay, we didn't find anything. You can go and come back in a year. Yeah. 
Yeah. God is so good. So the thing they found in 2010 that was still there is gone as well. So not only was the new thing gone, but the old thing was gone. So I just want to release that to you guys. Who, like, Because honestly, the thing they found in 2010, it was like a, a whatever, who cares? Like we're moving on in life. But I just want you to know that he cares about things going on with you that you have tolerated that really aren't things that he has for you. He cares about those and there were, for me, there wasn't ever this moment in reading, like sometimes people encounter the Lord where they just know what God's doing or they feel something. And there wasn't that at all in the whole entire time. Like I didn't ever go to Jesse and be like, wow, I think I'm healed. But in faith, I did um, expect that report of nothing there. And so I just want to encourage you guys, like as we do the river tunnel tonight or today, whatever, wherever we're at in time. I just partner with the Lord in the time of eternity. We're just everywhere. Um, I just want to release to you guys that there is healing that can be had in faith, and then there's also peace. I feel like the Lord's wanting to restore peace to some people. Um, and I actually felt led if you guys um, feel like you just kind of feel like fear is something that the enemy is trying to constantly get you with or he's trying to rob your peace, I just wanted you to stand up real quick. And I just want to bless you with the peace of God. I'm going to declare John 14, 27 over you. He says, peace I leave you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So I just see that an invitation of the Lord this morning for you just to give that fear, give that unknown, give that thing that is in the back of your mind that's running and just give that to him and receive in faith the peace that he has for you. Thank you, God. And I just see people getting delivered from the spirit of fear. Sometimes there's like just fearful thoughts, but then there's like a spirit of torment that actually tries to torment you. And we just say, be gone in Jesus' name and that the peace of God will surpass all understanding. Let that guard your hearts and your minds. And I just declare over you the ability to choose the word of the Lord that brings peace over your mind. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can have a seat. Are you going to um, coordinate this thing? All right. Love you guys. Awesome. Let's give God another praise for that healing. It's awesome. Thank you, Jesus. So thankful for that. All right. Um, I don't know what usher is going to go fetch the... You guys on it already? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's time for you to go ahead and rally them. Uh, we, we didn't want the kids to miss this opportunity and any of the teachers back there, they're going to come and join us. But um, I, what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray over us. And then if you need to get going, you are totally blessed. Like... We bless you. If you want to come through our tunnel, um, if you've never done this, we, we usually call it a fire tunnel, and we're going to have um, some of our people up here standing side by side uh, here and then over here facing this way. And there's like a pathway between, and we'll have people line up over here. Watch your step. There's a speaker stand thing right there. Uh, and you'll come through, and we're going to lay hands on you. And... Just come with expectant faith that God's touching you. Uh, the Bible teaches about laying out of hands. This is a fun way to do it. 
Uh, we're going to call this a river tunnel because we just want to really get in that river, that, that river of living water. Um, come, you know, come just expecting God to touch you, to refresh you, um, give fresh baptisms in the Holy Spirit, um, just fill you with peace. If you need healing in your body, just come and receive by faith that healing's flowing. I really do believe that healing's flowing today. Very much believe that. If you need a healing in your body, just start receiving by faith even right now. Um, but I want to I wanna have us pray, and then this will be sort of like a dismiss, dismissal, but not. <laughs> so like if you have to if you need to get going after the prayer, feel free to. Um, I want to. I just want to get us kind of f- drinking in His presence real quick before we even form the tunnel. Actually, those of you who I already reached out to to be the tunnel, if you guys can go ahead and make your way up here, um, just to get positioned. And uh, everybody else, if you guys could just stand with me for a moment, I'm gonna pray for you. Yeah. Hopefully the children's ministry will be over here soon and a couple of them are going to jump on the tunnel. All right, cool. Yeah. All right. Yeah, if you guys can just lift your hands to the Lord for a moment. (laughs) Holy Spirit, I know you're here right now and I ask you just to come and just touch everybody. Let the river of living water flow to each person right now. Just start drinking His presence by faith. Just ask the Holy Spirit to come and touch you right now. Just ask Him to come and touch you and and refresh you, invigorate your spirit and your soul and your body. And just, just let Him come and bless you. We release healing to bodies in the name of Jesus. Healing to bodies. Healing to souls. Anybody... Uh, who struggles with fear, anxiety, um, depression, or any, any things like that, we just release peace to you right now that surpasses all understanding in the presence of the Lord. And I just want to encourage every person in here just to just open your heart to the Lord and, and just commit to Him that you're not going to let fear hold you back from, from Him touching you the, to the maximum that He can today. So, Lord, bless everybody right now in the name of Jesus. Yep, thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus. It's, I'm, feeling a, I'm feeling like, I'm feeling anointing power just flowing through my hands right now. Get ready, guys.